0: You're listening to SBS News. This is a wicked problem. A large supply of asbestos in Australia. It's everywhere. And we have the problem of a fairly big incentive to cheat on the system and not pay the levy by sending it to landfill. So those two factors are what drives it.
1: Was this mulch crisis inevitable?
0: Well... It's inevitable in the sense that there's a lot of asbestos and it's very, very difficult to say with 100% certainty there's no asbestos in that product. And New South Wales has a zero tolerance in the regulatory system for asbestos. Not the other states. So it says, you know, it's zero. Now, I think that is a bit not quite proportionate to the risk. It sends a very strong message That one fibre can kill you. Now I'm not downplaying how uh, important asbestos is, but you do need to understand that it's everywhere and it's a matter of how much you can control and what the cost of controlling it is. So this is trade-off. How much regulation do you want to put in place to make sure that one fibre of asbestos doesn't get anywhere? and the cost of that's astronomical Mm. Um, the question then becomes how much risk is the public prepared to bear and that's at a very low threshold as I said in New South Wales it's set at zero in other states it's not set at zero so I think there's some consensus required about what's the trade-off that really fits the community well so you know one small piece of bonded asbestos in 10,000 tonnes of mulch you know, can easily get in there. Does it pose much of a risk? No, it doesn't. But how much would it cost to make sure there was none in there? Astronomical figures.
1: Mm. Do you think there needs to be a different kind of regulation? And if you do, what do you think that looks like?
0: Well, I think as with all sorts of uh, contamination, the further you can go back along the supply chain, the better off you are. So go back to source. Where is it coming from? Because by the time it's in mulch, by the time you're picking up bonded asbestos in mulch in a park, you're at the end of the supply chain. And so, yes, that auditing needs to occur, and yes, we need to have um, the confidence that there's no asbestos in it. But if that's all you're focusing on, you're making life very difficult. So you really need to go back to where is the supply coming from? And in large part, it's coming from demolition because it is so ubiquitous. You knock down a house, you get asbestos. How do you make sure that doesn't go in with the other material that you want to recycle that costs money? So we do need a system, in my view, where... For any demolition, you'd need to have an asbestos management plan for what's going to happen to that asbestos. And then you can monitor back at source. So demolition site, where's the asbestos management plan? Where is the asbestos going to go? Where are the audited documents that show where that asbestos went? At the moment, you don't have anything quite as rigorous as that.
1: So what do we have at the moment when you demo a house and it's got asbestos in it? Hmm. What, what's the process now? Well,
0: I mean, clearly, you know, there are regulations that say you're not allowed to um, put asbestos in there, but it's very difficult to find. I mean, asbestos, depending on what form it is or what the other materials are, uh, can be quite difficult. And I, I mean, even, you know, DIY home renovators... Yeah, knock out a wall, renovate a bathroom. Asbestos in there, what do they do with it? Throw it in the red bin? Yeah, what's the penalty? What's the chance of them being caught? And so when it turns up, you, know, you can't trace it back. You know, by, once you find it in the supply chain, tracing it back to where it came from becomes very difficult.
1: How did this asbestos end up in the mulch?
0: Well, um, I don't know... <laughs> Uh, the details of, of this particular case. But how asbestos arrives in any recycling product is it is included in the material that's taken to a recycling depot for recycling. It shouldn't happen if it's not declared and it's not picked up on the recycling depot. It becomes part of the product that goes out of the recycling depot.
1: Um, now you talked a bit about like, you know, differences between the way we view asbestos in New South Wales and other states. Can you tell us a little bit about how New South Wales sits in the regulatory space?
0: So in New South Wales, there's always been a very strong emphasis on controlling asbestos. Yeah, we've had, back in my time at the EPA... You know, the heads uh, of authorities the asbestos coordinating committee we now have a new south wales asbestos coordinating committee we do have you know very strong requirements for asbestos management plans in workplaces so there's been a huge amount of regulatory effort put into this so for, i wouldn't ever be saying that this has not had due consideration It all comes down to, you know, what are the trade-offs and what uh, what works for the community. Because if you want to stop asbestos, absolutely, you can, but at an absolutely tremendous uh, cost. And, you know, that's in dollar terms and regulatory burden. So, as I said at the start, this is uh, quite a vexed question, and it's always going to be something that we will always have asbestos somewhere in the system, but the aim and objective should be to have that at absolute minimal levels so that it presents no risk to human life. That doesn't mean that your policy has to be zero, that you can't have one fiber or you can't have one piece of material. Um, But uh, because that's very difficult to achieve and, in fact, is unachievable. Um, It just appears that you've achieved it.
1: Mm. What effect has James Hardy had on all of this?
0: Yeah, Look, I think James Hardy has had a massive effect and the consequential cases of mesothelioma have been in the media and have really imprinted themselves on the minds of the public. That makes people worried, rightly so. So it is a killer, asbestos is a killer but it's a matter of you know, what's a reason- what are reasonable efforts to control it so it doesn't present a risk to people but in terms of communities' attitudes to risk um, you know, once a community gets a view that something is really high risk no amount of scientific information or facts and figures convinces people otherwise because uh, they're really scared and I think we're seeing a little bit of that now that you know, one piece of bonded asbestos people treat as if it's going to be life threatening for anyone who comes within 10 metres of it uh, that's not the reality of the risk and you know Department of Health have been saying this as well, I mean for example um, Barangaroo Headland park has asbestos in it at low levels um, and it's sufficiently covered by other material that it poses no risk. So there's always going to be asbestos in the environment. The trick is to try to ensure that it doesn't really come into contact with humans and it's not in a friable form. So I mean certainly the James Hardy and... A lot of the mesothelioma cases, you know, are related to the length of exposure. But I don't want to downplay the fact that asbestos is not a risk. Okay, mm. it is a risk, but you know, there are levels of risk. And what I'm saying is that you need to un- you need to understand what's a proportionate response for the level of risk. Um, so you know, where you've got significant exposure, you need to remove that exposure completely. But where it's sort of very incidental exposure and might not even um, constitute contact with a human, uh, that's a different level of risk to what you see in a workplace environment. So asbestos has caused tremendous devastation in workplace environments and tribal asbestos. So... I want to be very clear about that. Of course.
1: Final question, what do you think the government's response to this has been like?
0: I think the government has responded very well given the level of the community concern. So, what we're seeing is uh, yeah, an immediate response but I think what this will prompt is a, another look at what's the overall regulatory system in total and yeah, are there ways in which we can change that to be more effective and from my perspective if we look more at the regulatory system around the source of potential sources of asbestos we would get a much bigger payoff for our regulatory dollar.